This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. All right, Jalen, we're back here recording the podcast again tonight. How are you doing? How have you been this, uh, this past week? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, last week, uh, f- our, our kids for our homeschool have finished a unit on the countries of Asia. And so kind of to, to cap off our studies in, uh, you know, different Asian countries, we asked our friend who has a lion dance, like a Chinese lion dance school to teach our kids, you know, some of the, you know, different aspects of uh, the Chinese lion dance. And so we went out to a park near his house and uh, they, they learned all about it and, you know, got to play the drums, got to uh, put on like the, the, the lion head and do some, do some different uh, motions, which was fun. And then afterwards we went to Chinatown and got some boba. So mm. that was a perfect way to, to kind of cap off our, our Asian country study. So that was fun. And we definitely enjoyed that. So I know, you know, our friend Jason, who does that, John, you're good friends with him as well. And so it was, it was cool just to see him do his thing and uh, to, to teach our kids that. So it was really cool. But yeah, how about you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm, I would, I'm going to say, I don't remember elementary school being quite so engaging and exciting uh, when we were, you know, when we were your kid's age. So I'm glad that they get to have these exciting experiences this year and to learn about their own culture. So that's, that's really good. Uh, for me, on an emotional level, I'm doing really well right now because tonight is the NFL draft and the Bears just traded up and took the uh, took a franchise quarterback. So I'm excited about that. You know, I was worried that they were going to mess it up, but I, I feel like it was it was a good pick in, in my opinion. So we'll see. We'll see how time what what time will say about this pick down the road. But yeah, so emotionally, I'm, I'm really excited right now on a physical level. I'm actually really tired. Uh, and a little bit achy because I got my second um, COVID vaccine shot today. And so if I say some things that don't, don't make any sense, it's because I'm just a little <laughs> bit out of it today. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing well otherwise. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely there with you. I'm, I'm hopeful for this, uh, this, uh, this, this quarterback that we just drafted. But, you know, we'll see. Who knows? We don't have good history with quarterbacks <sighs> in Chicago. So. I know. Anyways, we'll figure that out. But we are excited to be joined tonight by William Wu. He is the youth pastor at Chicago Northwest Suburban Chinese Christian Church, which is probably one of the longest church names that we've had on here. Uh, but we're excited to have William. Actually, William's church and my church over the last few years, we've joined together to, to do all church retreats over the summer. And so it's been fun to hang out with him and to get to know him. And uh, and actually, I've, I've learned through those all church retreats that 
William is quite the game master, you know, just through like icebreakers that we've done and, and games to kind of just, you know, warm each other up to, to our different congregations. Uh, it's been really fun to, to, to play some of the games that he's, he's led us through. And John, I know you're also a very proficient and skilled game master. And so I, I feel that my job tonight is to kind of make sure that we stay on track and we don't kind of devolve into a game of Among Us or something like that. And so um, I'm looking forward to our conversation with William and I'll keep us on track. But William, thanks for joining us today. Hey guys, it's really great to uh, be here to uh, talk to you guys. Yeah, we're glad that you're on the podcast with us. You know, we always like to start off with our guests by just asking for you to share your ministry journey. How did God lead you into the role that you're in? What are what have been the stops along the way? And uh, yeah, just tell us about your calling. I'm originally from Taiwan and I came uh, to the U.S. Uh, with my family when I was eight. And I think as with a lot of uh, immigrant families, when they first come to the U.S., we started attending a Taiwanese church. Um, we weren't Christians. You know, we didn't, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. None of us were Christians, but you know, when we first came, it was just a good way to uh, get uh, in with a with a familiar community, you know, to get help in a new country. And so uh, that's how I started uh, going uh, to church. Like I said, I was about eight. After a few years, though, I, I think as with uh, a lot of youth, I started kind of drifting away from that. I, you know, just thought I was too cool for that. You know, I had other things to do. <laughs> apparently I don't know but uh but to make a long story short for that part I I did stop going to church for a few years you know in my early teens but then uh through a series of events that uh I think God really uh brought me back to the church which actually included uh my uh, mom uh, getting cancer and then passing away and you know there were just a few things that happened there that led to people from this church uh, having people look in on us, looking look in on my uh, my brother and myself, because you know my, my my dad would be working and we'd be home by ourselves a lot, and so we because of that we started going to this church, and that's actually where I ended up meeting Vivian, my, my wife, uh, and so you know that uh, led to eventually you know we, we were friends for a long time we dated we got married after we got married. We just attended a, a large uh, church nearby. We didn't really uh, serve there. We didn't uh, really get involved too much other than attending. Um, but then back in 2008, the pastor, the Chinese pastor uh, at CNSCCC, which is the church that, that we're at now, uh, they needed someone to help out with the youth because the person who was helping out I think they had to let him go because, you know, something happened and then it was, you know, they, it was kind of an emergency. They really needed somebody to come in and help out. And at the time we were uh, actually, you know, we had agreed to uh, join uh, uh, a friend's church plant, which he, he hadn't started yet. And so we, you know, we told this pastor who was the pastor who married us. And so we, you know, knew him through that. We're like, all, all right, you know, maybe we can come and help out for a little bit, but we can't really commit to doing it for lo a long time because, you know, we kind of have this commitment with our friend. And as is often the case uh, with God's plans and our own plans, uh, you know, it, his plans certainly overrode <laughs> our plans. We, we plan on staying maybe just a few months. And that was, 
you know, about 13 years ago. <laughs> so we stayed on uh, and, and we were, we, we just continue to help. And then about four years into that, uh, I really felt um, God was calling me to, to ministry. And that is when I uh, quit my job. I was an attorney. Uh, I quit my job. I, I went to Moody Seminary full time uh, with uh, some, you know, uh, support from our church. And we, uh, I went to seminary for four years, you know, while Vivian worked and the church supported me. And then after I graduated, uh, which was uh, in 2016, uh, I came on as the youth pastor there. And then, um, you know, Vivian had been helping out with uh, the youth. We both had been doing that. So when I came on as a youth pastor, she transitioned over to being the uh, children's ministry director, which was pretty cool, actually, because I think that that doesn't always happen. Usually when there's a pastor uh, and his wife, uh, they, uh, if, you know, if they bring the pastor on staff, uh, I mean, they do ex expect the wife to do things, but they usually don't put the wife on staff either. Now, I think the way that we kind of got into it, she was already on staff as um, the youth ministry director at the time. So I think they really wanted both of us to still stay on and they, they did really need somebody to head up the children's ministry. So uh, that was in 2016. And so, yeah, we've been there uh, doing that ever since. Yeah. I think that's a really exciting, you know, story to hear about how God had, you know, initially maybe put you in a, in a church plant situation where you thought you were going to be doing that and then him calling you back to the Chinese. So, so am I clear on, on understanding that, this was the church that you grew up at when you, when you first moved to the States, this was the church that you attended. Oh, uh, it's, so it's two different churches. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So the church we first attended, it was a Taiwanese church. Got it. Um, and then uh, after we, Vivian and I got married and, you know, we moved into our home, we started going to a different church. Hmm. Uh, but that church we didn't, um, like I said, we weren't really involved in it. So this is uh, uh, the church we're at now is, is not the one that we, uh, went to when we first came to the U.S. So, yeah, and, and as you mentioned, you know, um, before you got into ministry, you were working as an attorney. Uh, I'm interested to know how was that transition? What was it like moving from a job in you know, you know, studying law and and working as an attorney, and then switching into uh, serving as a pastor? What was that transition like for you? I think uh, deceptively more difficult than I thought. And I only say that because not, not that I thought it was going to be like an easy job or anything, but in, in my particular situation, I had already been uh, serving in the youth ministry. And while I was attending seminary, I, you know, I was still doing that. And so when I transitioned over to being, uh, that, you know, the official youth pastor on staff, I just kind of thought, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'm just going to keep on doing a lot of the things that I had been doing, like preaching and teaching and you know, uh, leading the youth in activities and taking them on trips. And, you know, so I didn't think it would be that different, but it, it was, um, I think more of a challenge than I thought, at least for me, I, um, like structure. I think, I think I do better when there's structure. And so when I was an attorney, I was, uh, working at the state's attorney's office. I was, a, you know, um, a prosecutor and things were very structured, you know, you, uh, you know, you have particular hours, there are, uh, you know, there's like a courtroom you're assigned to, you have a certain caseload, uh, everything is set according to dates, and uh, everything was very, like, how you were doing in your job was also a lot more 
uh, clear and quantifiable as far as, oh, you know, you, you know, if you went to trial, you either won the trial or you lost the trial. Uh, you know, you go through so many cases a year, uh, you get promoted, you know, or you, or you don't. And, you know, these kinds of um, kind of metrics or whatever uh, were, you know, I think when you get used to it, it's just very comfortable. And I think transitioning over to ministry as a youth pastor, you know, it's a pretty small church that I'm at. There's maybe about a hundred members and, you know, the youth there's, you know, at it's fluctuated, but it's really just anywhere from, you know, 15 to 30 something, you know, at, at any given time in, in the history that we were there. But um, there, there's not, a, it, we were given a lot of freedom, you know, like, and you guys probably know this, you know, like when you do things, you know, when you get things done and how you go about doing things, there really is a lot of flexibility there. And I think that's great uh, because I, I, I think it, really lets you kind of customize uh, things according to your, your community, you know, like you can see what they need and you can do things how you um, think is best and, and all of that. But transitioning from that kind of highly structured environment to uh, ministry, it was a little zero gravity-ish, you know, where you're kind of like, like, is like nobody going to check in on me <laughs> to see what's going on? Like, I, I could be doing like a lot of like irresponsible things like is this, does nobody like want to know like that do it you know do like a turn in like a tps report or something you know like doesn't anybody want to see something but yeah and so it i think that part of it was probably uh the hardest part just getting used to the kind of day-to-day differences from my uh previous job and, and ministry yeah william so you know you mentioned that you've been in a few different uh, churches and either attending or uh, potentially doing this church plant. So, and yet God has brought you back to the Chinese church. So I'm wondering for you, what are, what have been some of the things that have drawn you into serving in this particular context, right? Or what are the things that have been valuable or important for you as you've served in the Chinese heritage church? For me, um, and, you know, segueing from the last question to this question, from being in the law and being in ministry, I think the thing that draws me to it that they have in common is kind of being, I guess, sort of an intermediary, you know, kind of stepping in. And, you know, part of what I enjoyed about the law was getting in front of people or talking to people and kind of explaining them like, hey, look, you know, this is uh, what these laws uh, mean and what it means for you, you know, and, and, and kind of, um, helping them to understand, you know, what uh, the law is all about, because it can be very convoluted, you know, and, and, and kind of just vague at, at vague at times. But when it comes to ministry, I think some, there's some similarities there as far as kind of uh, us, you know, I, I'm sure you guys too, just uh, kind of stepping in and doing a similar thing, you know, uh, for people and saying, hey, look, you know, there's something important here. There's something valuable here that um, you should come see, you know, um, and that's, that's Christ, you know, but in, in so far as a Chinese heritage church, I think for me, it just seemed like a good fit as far as the intermediary aspect of it. You know, I'm an immigrant. Um, you know, when I first moved to the U S I, you know, struggled like anyone with the language, with the culture, uh, with what's kind of going on that you have to adjust to. And there's kind of a, an ongoing variation of that in a lot of 
Chinese heritage churches when it comes to the youth and the Chinese congregation, right? Like it, it's just kind of like always there. And so I, I kind of, um, having gone through that, I think any one of us who kind of, we, we have insight into some process or some experience, I think we feel like we, we can help, you know, having gone through it, um, having been all the ages of the youth, <laughs> you know, who are trying to understand kind of the, the Chinese side of things, you know, because they're, they're more uh, distinctly you know, American maybe than Chinese. Uh, and then on the Chinese, on the parent side and the Chinese congregation side, them kind of not, um, you know, kind of struggling with how to relate to uh, their own children, not just generationally, you know, but culturally. Um, and also, you know, sometimes uh, spiritually too, you know, maybe some of the parents, they've been Christians for a while. And so they're like very set, you know, maybe they're serving in the church, they're elders, they're deacons, but then here's their kid who is more American than Chinese, younger and a different generation, might not really be a, a, a Christian yet. And so there's just so many um, barriers to navigate that I think, um, I'm sure we all feel like we can uh, identify, you know, um, and I think that that's the thing about being an intermediary. I think it's best when that intermediary can kind of see things from both sides a little bit, um, you know, what, what, whatever the uh, experiences are. But yeah, I think that's been really valuable because, you know, really, I, I always tell the kids, you know, I don't know if they believe me. I always try to tell them like, hey, I, I'm like you in the future. You know, I, I was you, like I was a 14 year old, you know, like getting ar into arguments with my parents and like wondering why I had to go to church and trying to get good grades. And, you know, like I'm, I'm you like in the future. So, you know, try to believe me when I tell you like some of the things that, you know, we're, we're dealing with here and, and, and that kind of a thing. But I think that's, that's the, the draw, you know, I think uh, to this ministry context. Yeah, I think you're right. We definitely, for those of us who are second generation, older second generation or, you know, 1.5 generation Chinese Americans, we definitely occupy that space, space, which is really important to serve as that interme intermediary and um, to be able to kind of bridge some of those gaps that we see uh, cross congregationally or cross generationally even. And I wonder if you could kind of zero in on some of, you know, sharing a little bit of the, the joys and challenges of pastoring youth in a Chinese heritage church, what are, you know, are, are there specific things that you can really point to and say, I do find a lot of joy in, you know, occupying this space. And there are also these specific challenges because we're in a Chinese heritage church. Yeah, I think, you know, and this, this will be more, you know, things that, um, again, I'm sure you guys can relate to, but the, the joy is definitely just seeing how God works, you know, in the lives of the youth uh, when they, do kind of like when you think at least that they see the light bulb kind of turn on. And I think, especially from an Asian background and in an Asian context uh, for that light bulb to lead to them thinking, Hey, maybe, you know, uh, academic success is not everything, you know, maybe I should look to apply to colleges that have good Christian fellowships, you know, like actually caring about those things, um, taking up leadership, you know, like really owning their, their, um, their spiritual life. Uh, not, not when you can see that they're not doing it um, just to please their parents or even to um, fit in, you know, with everybody else at church or to somehow please uh, other people or to, you know, um, yeah, you, you know, and that, that includes us, uh, that they really uh, have their own, 
a genuine relationship with Christ. Um, I know it's easier to say this now when we're not dealing with specific individuals, but I think, you know, if we're at, at the end of, I think our ministries, we can just say this one, two or three people like really grew closer to Christ or like came to know Christ because of the ministry, then it would be, I think, worthwhile. You know, I think that that is definitely, yeah, that, that joy, like God using you and those around you to, to, to point people to Christ is, um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. So I think that's definitely uh, the joy, the challenges, I think without getting too, uh, kind of, stereotypical of what the challenges are. I, I guess in, in many ways, it's the flip side of a lot of those things, you know, as far as, you know, trying to deal with, you know, personalities and trying to uh, have good, you know, good communication, which I think in, you know, for, in, in, at least in my experience, I think that's, that's kind of a, always like an ongoing challenge when it comes to at least the churches I've been in, which is communication with the Chinese congregation. And I know that, you know, we're probably in some different situations here as far as, you know, for me, I'm the youth pastor, so we don't have uh, an English congregation per se with our own, you know, families and elders and decision makers and finances and those kinds of kind of independent markers, you know, of a, of a congregation. And so uh, and I think a persistent uh, challenge that people uh, deal with in, in in Chinese churches with English speaking people in it, whether they're in the English congregation or their youth, is just kind of uh, not having the Chinese congregation always look at the youth as just kind of like the like a substandard uh, <laughs> or like a like a subservient uh, group of people, and it's hard because they're they're at the end of the day they're their kids, you know, so it's hard to be objective about that. And yeah, so I, th I think that's definitely a challenge. I think uh, another challenge is not necessarily specific to just Chinese heritage churches, but, you know, um, we're all getting older. <laughs> and so as I get older, you know, the youth group people that I, you know, that I'm shepherding and ministering to, they, you know, quote unquote, stay the same age. You know, they're always junior high and high school kids and they move on. But those are uh, the the flock that that you know I'm I'm responsible for, and so I think it gets harder and harder to kind of stay in touch with what's relevant uh, for them, and you know not not even so much to be cool. I think I'm way that that ship has sailed a, a long time ago, but just to you know preach and to teach in a way where they it, it can still click with them, you know, as opposed to them kind of you know just blankly looking like i don't know what you're, <laughs> like I, I don't know what any of those references are i don't know what you're talking about uh and and just you know it just makes it that much more difficult i think yeah i know in youth ministry you're constantly like innovating and constantly trying to stay up with what are the students engaging in and it's it's a always evolving ministry and so it you know that that's tough work to to stay connected to all those without you know, losing like the core message of who we are in Christ and not to have that get lost in, in the weeds of, you know, how is, how is the culture changing? How is the times changing? Uh, so that's definitely a challenge. You know, another challenge that, that you kind of mentioned earlier that I'm curious about is you said that your church right now doesn't have an English, like an adult English ministry. 
And so it's primarily a first generation congregation or a Chinese speaking congregation. And then you have the children of those first gen parents, um, Chinese speaking parents in, in your youth ministry. So what are some of the ways that you've built relationship with those parents? Like, is there a language barrier for you or have been, have there been any ways that you feel like you've really dug in and said, I'm going to do the hard work of building relationship with these moms and dads? Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think, um, this question probably is one that I would have to be the most kind of, uh, not by choice, the most humble about, because it is just a challenge. It's just not easy. I haven't figured out some sort of magic formula where I'm like, oh, if I just have these meetings, if I just do this, then, you know, our relationships are just solid, you know? Um, so it's definitely been a challenge. I think one thing, and this is just, you know, this might even seem like a very side thing, but it's a factor for Vivian and myself, which is, I think, one, we live uh, about 45 minutes or an hour away from church. And part of that was because when we got asked to help out, it was because of uh, the relationship we had with the Chinese pastor. It wasn't, you know, like some sort of geographic search, you know, where they're like, let's, you know, Google by mile radius, like who's the closest person who's willing to help. And uh so that that actually over the years, and because we still live at that distance, uh, I think has really been uh, made it things a lot harder. You know, when you can't just uh, say, "Oh, why don't you just cut, you know drop in, or why don't we just stop in?" Because you live like an hour away from them, it's a little harder to um, swing that. So uh, there's that. But I mean, that's more of like a like a almost like a logistical thing that that's kind of turned into more of a substantive thing. But and I think. For me, uh, it's more of a art than a science as far as like, it's more organic than it is, like I said, like some sort of a formula. I do try to, you know, have times where I am meeting with the parents about how their, their kids are doing in the youth group. Um, we try to have, you know, these kinds of meetings, but I think just like in any relationship, it's kind of a two-way street. And so I'm sure you guys uh, have experienced this over the years. There are just some parents that you like are much closer to than others. And, you know, some of that is on us and some of that is on the other side, you know, because, you know, you could reach out a lot, um, but, you know, some parents, they just uh, kind of have a certain idea about what church should be like. And some parents, you know, I think just to be honest, I think they probably, even if they, 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 they don't know how to have that relationship necessarily. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, if I've had great relationships with like eight youth pastors, oh, all right, here we go with a new one. It's like, it, so it's not like an intentional thing. You know, they're, they're, they're busy, you know, they're working, they're coming to church. A lot of times they're serving too. And so, you know, the time is, a, you know, a very tough uh, constraint as far as the reality goes. But I think um, what I have tried to do is really just provide opportunities to develop the relationships and to foster, you know, friendships with the, the parents and with the families. And, you know, sometimes it works better than other times because like I said, you know, the relationship is a two-way street and some parents, you know, we just grow closer to and some it's just tougher because, you know, th there are kids in our youth group who, whose parents are not Christian or maybe one of the parents is Christian. And so like, for instance, maybe the mom brings the kids and they've been coming to church a long time, but uh, the dad is not a Christian. And so kind of having like family get togethers, is a little more uh, difficult 
because, you know, I mean, you can imagine maybe the, hus the, the husband's like, hey, you know what, if you want to do church, that's fine, but like, just leave me out of it, you know? And so it's harder to kind of have a whole family type of thing. But, um, but you know, th there have been times when it's really been uh, good. You know, we've developed good relationships with the parents, but I do think it's just um, every, you know, kind of referring back to the law, like every case you have to look at every case like on its own merits and you can't start thinking, oh, another case involving this kind of a crime or, oh, another case that has to do with um, people uh, of this age group or, you know, whatever. So every case you have to look at it and be like, all right, so what's going on here? And I think that's true with um, families, you know, of the youth that you work with is every family, every youth, you have to kind of start from scratch and kind of see what's going on there. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to remember that, you know, obviously each each person in each family is going to be different and, and, and definitely God is working on them at, you know, on different things. And he, he puts us as pastors in the position to really, you know, not just exegete the word when we preach, but to exegete the, the, the flock that he's put us in charge of. And so I really appreciate that, that thought and that word. And, you know, I would imagine too, that with some of the parents and, um, you know, this is not true of every every family at our church. But, you know, I know that there are some parents who kind of feel like the youth ministry is the children's ministry. The youth ministry is sort of like the, the angel factory, right? They drop their kids off at the youth ministry or the children's ministry, and they just expect the youth pastor to, to crank out an angel for them. And, and, and they don't, they don't have necessarily that uh, concept of being part of, or me being even the main drivers of discipleship for their children. And so that can certainly as you're saying, be a challenge in connecting with the parents and, and developing relationships so that the, the kids benefit from um, having, you know, both the youth pastor and the church, as well as their parents be involved in that process of raising them up in Christ. But I would imagine that, you know, earlier you mentioned that your wife Vivian is the children's ministry director. And so as a couple, you guys get to have these families for a longer period of time where you could develop relationships, right? And so I, I was wondering, like, how is that you know, for you and Vivian being able to work together uh, and even to kind of, you know, watch the development of a child from a younger age all the way up through, you know, high school. How is that? How is that dy dynamic? How does that work for you guys? You know, it's been invaluable for me, really, because it's really, I think, I mean, I would imagine, you know, I'm not like a church uh, ministry uh, statistics expert or anything, but it's, uh, I, I would imagine it's not very common for this to be the case, you know, where, you have like yeah, a married couple where one spouse, you know, is the children's ministry uh, director or pastor. And then the other one is the youth pastor. But I think for me, you know, just on a very, um, you know, just simple work situation, uh, it's nice to have like a coworker <laughs> to talk to. Uh, that's one thing I missed from being, uh, you know, an attorney in an office. We I have lots of coworkers. You could, you know, I really, I'm one of those people. I really like to pop into different people's offices and just kind of bounce ideas off each other and say, Hey, look, you know, I've got this case. What do you think about this? Uh, and, you know, with Vivian, I can do that when it comes to uh, ministry. And so that's really nice because I don't have a lot of other people to do that with. There isn't like a big staff uh, at all. But of course the, I think the other thing that's great is uh, yeah. You know, the kids start off with her in children's ministry and, you know, over the years that, you know, it's not been a lot, it's been five or six years that we've been doing it is uh, that the nice thing is they, you know, some of them, you know, they grow up and they get old enough to join the youth group. And so they just come over into the youth group. And it's amazing to be able to 
for me to be able to ask Vivian, like, just, you know, pick her brain about this new youth group member. You know, a lot of times, you know, when they come into youth group, normally I would know nothing about them or very little, you know, unless I, you know, we like hung out with their family, but her being in a position of leading them for sometimes three to four to five years, she can tell me kind of like, okay, they, they don't like it when they, they don't react well to this. They really like it when, when you um, do this with them. And, you know, I kind of have like a whole like dossier on, you know, this person, which is great, you know? Um, and so it's really, it's really nice. I think another thing is uh, there's a nicer uh, consistency as far as, you know, theologically, I'm a little more secure in kind of what is going on in children's ministry as they transition to youth ministry. I don't feel like, oh, you know, I'm going to be getting somebody from children's ministry who they've been taught some, uh, you know, all they did was watch Veggie Tales or something, you know, and then I'm like, all right, well, if that's what they did. Then I got to like, then, then I know where I'm like kind of going from. And, you know, I'm not, that's not a knock against Veggie Tales. I'm just saying, you know, like a lot of times in children's ministry, in my experience, it's a really, really hard job. And keeping them engaged is, is, uh, it's so hard, you know, um, compared to youth, it's like just so much more of a different challenge. And so a lot of times I think, especially since a lot of the volunteers and teachers are just that, you know, their parents, they, you know, uh, work all week and then they, they, they grab their materials to teach like Awana or to teach Sunday school. And, you know, they, they get things, uh, curriculum and materials that are convenient uh, and, 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 and good, you know, um, but it's just, sometimes it's hard to kind of keep track of what's going on, but with Vivian being kind of overseeing everything, uh, that continuity and consistency is really, uh, invaluable now. Um, yeah, and, and, and I, 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 there's not a lot of downsides, but I think, you know, um, as far as your wife being a, a coworker of yours, I think you could imagine what some of the challenges might be. It's just like, you know, normally when you disagree with a coworker uh, or somebody who's another leader at church, it can kind of stay in a certain sphere, right? You're like, okay, all right, we can talk about it later. Or like, we can like, we can just like make our own decisions and you can kind of like keep it there. Right. But when it's your spouse, <laughs> then it's a little trickier, right? You can't be like, you know, it's uh, yeah. You know, like when you're at church and you're doing stuff, and then you also drive home together and then you're home together. <laughs> it's like uh, a little, a little um, more of a challenge to kind of have the separation. Um, but I think in the, in, in the long run, in the end, I think even that is good because it forces you to resolve things where normally with other leaders or coworkers, you, you can kind of just drop it and kind of, kind of leave it at a certain spot because, you know, you, you can just do that. But, you know, with, with Vivian and I, we really have to do the hard work of kind of resolving it because we're also married. And so I, I, that, I think that has actually in the long run been more of a benefit than not, because you, you kind of like uh, have to have to w- work it out more than usual. So yeah, I, I think that's really, you know, observant to, to really pick up on that and to really recognize that that is you know, a benefit for, you know, your marriage and for you guys as a couple. But I think that's really helpful also to think about, you know, for children's ministry directors and children's ministry volunteers, 
to connect well with the youth pastor and for the youth pastor to reach out to the, you know, children's ministry director or the, the volunteers to make sure there is that continuity, you know, for you guys, you have that built in and um, there is, there is a, a much smoother transition, I'm sure. Uh, but certainly for a lot of other churches that don't have that to make sure that there is that continuity to make sure that there is, you know, taking the extra step of learning about what's happening in the, the children's ministry ministry before those kids come up to the youth group and for the, you know, the children's ministry uh, leaders to check in with the youth pastor and say, how can we prepare them well for stepping into this next season of, uh, of their spiritual growth? And so, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you guys have that. And I think that's certainly, uh, you know, uh, an encouragement for us to, 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 to work on that in our churches. So, yeah, I'm glad you guys have that there. You know, William, as we wrap up our time together, we always like to end with this question, which is what's just one piece of advice or encouragement that you would give to somebody that's also serving in a Chinese heritage church? I would say, I think one thing that uh, has uh, been really impressed upon me in, in different ways, I guess, is to uh, really to wait upon the Lord. I think waiting is really, for me personally, uh, one of the hardest things to do, uh, not not just in ministry, I think just in life, <laughs> just generally in life. But I think you know, uh, in 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 God's word as well as just my own experiences, you know, we I think we always have our own expectations and our own timetables. And I think if we're stubbornly committed to that, to our own timetables and expectations, then I think as I have learned. God will, you know, show us some lessons the hard way, you know, to say he, you know, he is the one who is sovereign and in charge and he has his own timetables. And then we need to get, get on those timetables. Um, because I think all the times where I tried to force um, things to happen and in retrospect saying that, that that was not the time for it, um, it's, it's never really turned out well. Um, and I, we see that a lot in the Bible too, you know, in the old Testament, especially with it is just people wanting to take matters into their own hands. Like I know God made these promises, but you know what? I, yeah, I, I don't have all day, you know, I, I, I got, I got to go do this thing. And I, I feel like whenever I kind of take on that sort of attitude, it's always just kind of been disastrous. Um, and in the times when I, I, I really have waited or God has, um, kind of forced me to wait. I think I, I can see how he works. Uh, I'm, you know, you know, you, 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 you guys, uh, I think are the same as far as kind of how long you've been doing ministry is that there, there are just things that you can't see in a, even a few years uh, that you can see in like 10, 15 years, you know, and you're like, okay. <laughs> and so that um, you just can't rush that. And I think uh, I'm, I'm, I, I hope that's some sort of encouragement that even when things seem like um, nothing is happening or things are getting worse or nothing is changing, that God is doing um, his work, uh, sometimes behind the scenes, sometimes involving other people. Uh, but I think just waiting upon the Lord is, is something that I would, I would really encourage uh, those in ministry to to hang on to. Yeah, that's such a good word and an important one for us to remember always. So thank you, William. And thanks for spending time with us and sharing your thoughts and your insights. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, William. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. 
Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.